stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. This week we're talking about floating. Well, not exactly, but kind of. Today's guest is Andrea Lane. She is the uh, co-founder of Float and it is a floating space for artists up on Lake Tyres. She didn't start out that way. She started in the city and uh, moved to East Gippsland and has been an absolute powerhouse in, um, I guess, regenerating the economy down there and really starting to look at what what has not starting to look at she's been doing this for 20 something years 23 years but what has this region got to offer and how can we showcase that and how can we make it economically viable this is just a really fantastic conversation with a person andrea who is incredibly future focused but living in the moment. It's such a beautiful, beautiful combination. You are going to absolutely love this uh, this conversation, particularly if you're from Gippsland and particularly if you're interested in or if you have an idea of how to regenerate your community or regenerate uh, Gippsland as a whole. You are absolutely going to love this. For everyone else, you are still going to love this. So let's go. So welcome, Andrea. Hi. <laughs> and <laughs> nice and brief. Andrea, you, before we came on here, you know, you were speaking, we, we were having a little conversation and you're saying, oh, you know, I can't wait for this to be over because, you know, I'm not used to doing this stuff. But, and I get it because not everybody's, you know, confident um, having these kind of conversations. However, you are doing some amazing stuff and I would, I absolutely couldn't go past you. You have got uh, the Float, which is an incredible art space up in Lake Tyres in the East Gippsland. And I do want to unpack that a little bit further into the interview. Um, and, but let's start, let's just go back. No, let's just say hi first. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I I did say hi, and yes, you're right about my preamble is that I actually prefer to write than to speak, so bear with me. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm glad people are interested, and, yeah, I've been having a ball here in East Gippsland for the last 23 years, so, yeah, that's yeah. Yes, a bit of stuff to share. Well, I think at, at people, if, if nobody's, if people listening haven't heard of the float yet, they will love this conversation to actually learn about what you're doing. But prior to that, I already know a stack of people because you're from East Gippsland, I'm from Gippsland, so only, only like an hour, an hour and a half away. Um, and the, those who already know what you're doing uh, sing your praises 
with a lot of glory like they really really love what you're doing in that in that space so um hopefully this will be you know affirmation for them again reaffirming what you do but also for those new to what you do um learning a lot about what you're doing up there before we get into that you just said 23 years and you came to East Gippsland in I think it was 2001 as the to marry an artist and let me get your title right when you came up you were the Fairfax Business Review Weekly online national manager now that's a that's a far cry from where you are now and not that one's more or less important than the other it's very very different ends of the spectrum um when tell us about um well why you moved here i know it was to marry an artist but, but why the big change other than love <laughs> it was purely to marry the artist i have to say i'd never heard of gippsland i'd never I think I'd only known Gary for, I don't know, six weeks or something, and um, the time was right to to move to East Gippsland. But, um, yeah, look, I um, I grew up in Coburg, born and raised in Coburg. Um, as, um, I've said it a lot lately. I don't really know why, but the daughter of a briquette man, you know, I guess in some ways it just kind of explains a little bit about a, a fairly humble kind of beginning, went to Coburg, Coburg East Primary School, went to Coburg High, then went to Melbourne Uni and then didn't learn very much, I have to say. You know, I got I, I got my qualifications in economics, which has proven to be very useful in my old age to say that I have an economics degree. <laughs> but at the time I I didn't love it and I, I just went through the motions. Um, after that I worked at the, the control tower at Melbourne Airport, so I had a ball ah. there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really young, you know, I suppose I was probably only 23 or something and I was running the whole show and there were great people there. And I can't, in, again, in recent years, I, I've taken to mentioning that just because I like people to know I'm not just a, a, an artist who's never worked in the real yeah. world, public service in, in serious jobs. Um, and, and I really did love it there. And from there, I went to Fairfax. So um, after I'd had my children, uh, I went back as the photocopy assistant to um, Ross Greenwood at um, um, Business Review Weekly, and it was just a perfect time in life to be re-engaging in the workforce and um, studying the internet. So th that was um, Ross sent me back to RMIT, which was up the corner, uh, yeah. and studied a librarianship. And I could choose between a traditional librarianship or this newfangled internet world and luckily I took the internet because nobody else knew what it was so yeah it was a really great time to be working in publishing um producing magazines and really you know I had the key to the the whole world really all, all the passwords of the online world came through me and um so business review weekly stock exchange journal um yeah. financial review that kind of thing yeah it was a great career as well but yeah when I had the opportunity to move uh to the east it, it was great because I could telecommute. So, yeah, I was probably one of the first people to try to telecommute from now an hour um, in the Far East uh, where I had to do it all on dial-up. So, yeah, that, that was kind of fun too. Um, but, yeah, the world's changed a bit since then and everybody knows how to use the internet and everything now. So I'm not, I don't have such the rare skills that I had back then. 
Yeah. But yeah, it, it was a, a new world and it was very exciting and it really paid to be um, just a kind of adaptable, hardworking kind of person that when things went wrong, when the internet went down, you could solve things and, you know, get all the help you needed. So, yeah, it was a good good grounding in, again, um, a business world that um, has proven also to be valuable in, in what I do now. So, mm. yeah. Absolutely. We went six, six weeks and then, yeah, I'm just going to sail halfway across Victoria with some guy I've known for six weeks. It must have been a very strong attraction to sort of dump yourself in the middle of the bush after everything else that you'd been, you know, it's a far cry from Coburg or even from the city and the airport, you know, very different. Yeah, look, uh, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Love makes you do some silly things, but it, it proved we're still going strong. We're still married 23 years later and have and all the stuff that I'm about to talk about has been because I moved here to marry an artist. And that's really what opened my eyes to the value of people that don't necessarily get recognised by the system, yeah. that the arts have been neglected and that people with such um, capacity to build and to make things and to do things and problem solve we're just not valuing them enough so as a team uh, he and I are quite good I'm, I'm happy to write stuff and um, write grant applications and those kind of things um, do the social media because I like um, probably talking on uh, online more than yep. presenting uh, and Gary just steers clear of it you know he'd rather go out and build a, a yeah. gallery you know so it, it's a nice um Thing. But, yeah, moving to East Gippsland was certainly um, different um, and I did learn a lot along the way. Um, now Now You Probably Know is a very small town of 200 people. And um, so, yeah, I had to adapt and I can see why a lot of people don't survive it. Maybe they get bored. Maybe they think there's not enough out here. Maybe the shopping's not good enough. Maybe the, I did miss multicultural cuisines and things from Coburg. Um, but I I learned my place in the world out here mm. and had skills that hadn't been seen out here before. There's a joke, you know, of me arriving with my laptop, my magic black box that knew how to talk to the <laughs> world and all those things. So, um, uh, wow. uh, yeah, and yeah, um, my son came with me um, and he went to Orbos Secondary College and he loved it there too. So he was really, that was a really lucky break because if he hadn't been so welcomed into the school, um, that probably would have been a lot harder as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Were you, I actually, before I asked you about this, the briquette man, I absolutely love that. No, and I just, as soon as you said the briquette man, I had such fond memories of, um, getting the briquettes in those Hessian bags, you know, and I used to go up to the um, milk bar up the road and and they used to have all the briquettes out on the back, this back landing for the truck. And we used to have them under the house when we were kids and we used to have to go out with this bucket and get the briquettes to fire. It just brings back a whole lot of lovely memories. So thanks for sharing that. I had a lovely little flash of childhood. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think that's kind of why I mention it in some ways. I, I do have a briquette sign somewhere in here that I've salvaged from my dad's place. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a bit of an institution in back in the day that on the yeah. corner we had a yard. Yeah, so, yeah, dad did the wood and the briquettes and the woodettes and all that stuff. So, yeah, we grew up serving oh. that stuff. 
Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Geez, things have changed. Um, when you moved, you said you came to marry an artist. Were you an artist at that time? No, no, not at all. Um, in hindsight, I'd say I probably was, but I didn't have anything that was recognised as a, a creative skill, yeah. and I'd never done well at, at um, school in the creative um, space. Yeah, I always went for maths and economics and those kind of things. So I guess, yeah, I don't think I enjoyed going to galleries. I don't think I ever did. Um, yeah. But now I can look back and think that I was probably a bit of an out of outside of the box kind of thinker that was not daunted by the systems, you know. So um, being able to fit in in organisations like the Control Tower and BRW things uh, and always turning up in ripped and daggy jeans (laughs) and um, (laughs) being totally myself... um, yeah, required a certain um, creative bravery, I suppose, but it's certainly what I understood the arts were. So when I moved here, Gary had a gallery in Now and Hour and um, he does sculptures and watercolours and produces work and, and made quite a reasonable living out of doing that. Um, wow. But what I discovered through a, a lot of friendships out this way and becoming part of Regional Arts Victoria. So I, I was involved in a few of those um, fairly significant projects yeah. as an admin person, not as a creative person, um, but I just got the hang of it. I just started to realise that this was actually what was making my world so mm. delightful out here yeah. was meeting those people and celebrating stories mm. and the environment and and that only a world that I can see through the eyes of artists. So it wasn't necessarily me seeing it. It was me loving being surrounded by those people who could make me aware of it. Mm. So what made you then, um, well, explain what the float is and then we can talk about how you got into it, you know, created that. Um, Float is a floating art studio. Um, We were... successful in applying for the small town transformation funding which was $350,000 so it was probably you know one of the biggest grants that had ever been on the horizon out here I think there were five across Victoria that were awarded Uh, so we were lucky to get uh, one of them and that allowed us to build what's basically a houseboat so artists come and live on the boat uh, and produce art however they want to produce it so it doesn't necessarily mean they've got to paint or yeah. They could be writing songs. They could be, um, we've had Harry Sadler out here working on his book about the Eastern Curlew. Um, Harry Hook's been here singing, you know. So um, it, it's just a, a little haven we've been able to make in probably one of the most gorgeous spots. There's a few gorgeous spots in East Gippsland, actually, yeah. but Lake Ties yeah. is one of them. It's um, quite a pristine lake, a Ramsar-listed um, waterway. Uh, separate from the Gippsland Lake, so that makes it a little bit more special in some ways because it doesn't cop much of the pollution or anything that might flow into the Gippsland Lakes. Um, so it kind of became a bit of a, a mission in understanding how valuable that is and me learning that because I don't come knowing it, I come yeah. learning it, um, and discovering that lots of artists want to contribute to this region through their art 
by showing that story and coming and um, being as good guests as they can be here. Yeah. They come, you know, they have to live a very minimal life online. They have to kayak to float. You know, it's not up against a jetty. You've got to paddle out there, use your compost loo, eat minimally, be a bit cold in winter, I have to say, because the solar power is only so um, effective. Um, And artists come for anything between, you know, a week or six weeks to come and stay here and make their art and um, uh, hopefully meet lots of locals, uh, come to uh, any... uh, We used to meet every Tuesday at the tavern, the Lake Tiles Beach Tavern, which was fantastic for us, Um, and it just meant people could come and engage with artists who stayed here. And at the same time, the artists got to meet locals who had all the knowledge. So it was a beautiful place to transfer um knowledge uh and that yeah has been going um i don't know five or six years now i suppose the pandemic was a little bit tricky because not everyone could stick to their plans um and often there were cancellations and things but we have a very dedicated team of volunteers who um manage it all josephine jacoby is the the main curator of all that um who's born and raised and many generations of living here on lake tires so um Having someone like that obviously uh, validates what we do. Um, the briquette daughter may not have had such clout in, in the <laughs> locality as the Jacobis who have been fishermen and nature lovers and artists here forever. So, yeah, that's... Wow. So so when you say one to six weeks, is it like a booking system? Do you know that... that you, how, many, how many can you accommodate at, at once? One. Oh, one. One. One person. Oh, wow. So yep. it's like it becomes their home. Yep. For, is, and is anyone else in there with them in that space? or So they just have that space by themselves. Wow. Yeah, and it's been a whole learning process. And I must say that we do expect to expand our capacity for artists in residences soon based on how much demand there is for float and the impact that we know it provides to the to the region um but on float it will occasionally we'll make an allowance for a husband to come and visit for a night or something yeah (laughs) Uh, but really we we only want one at a time because the 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 system just can't cope with more we don't want rubbish down the you know black water gray water all those kind of things so it's very minimal um and so yeah there's a bit of a team that inducts them where the people apply online they have yeah. to propose what they're going to do. There is a small fee to um, yeah. register that because the first time we were showcased on ABC News, it was Boxing Day, yeah. and Rachel Lucas had done the story and it ran on rotation on Boxing Day. And we got 200 expressions of interest that day, you know. So we figured we had to um, change people's expectations a little so they pay a $20 fee to um, express their interest. But there's a constant stream. We don't promote it because we get enough interest yeah yeah um and most people are probably comfortable with one to two weeks you know in their life being away from family traveling here um but um josephine loves her full josephine could live there i have to tell you and that's a red (laughs) color because i hardly go there at all (laughs) Um, (laughs) um but yeah, the, it's that mix of skills. So 
there's a bit, a bit of a panel, curatorial panel. We read the applications, decide who, or make sure they're a good fit for coming. And then we have a, a young girl we've just inducted ourselves now who's managing that process for us and she's had to um, take that over and learn it. And then we have an assistant float keeper now, Isaac, uh, who's heavenly. Um, uh, so he's moved to the region to, to be our assistant float keeper. Uh, and that's great because he's a, a next generation, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, he's a, when I say next generation, 40-something who loves the environment, yeah. is a great kayaker and resourceful kind of guy so he can problem solve if we need it. So he actually brings the artist out from the jetty onto the boat, helps them on, helps them get all their food on, shows them around, tells them all the bells and whistles and safety side of things, and then says, see you later. So um, then the artist is there. Um, we're all nearby, you know, it's not a yeah. hugely isolated space to be in. Um, but, yeah, just just the process of kayaking there adds to that feeling of I'm going somewhere really special. And, yeah. And that, so, yeah. I was wondering about that. I was, I was imagining people who have never kayaked before, you know, with all their stocks, you know, and, and, and cameras and expensive stuff, thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to get out to this thing on the float? And it's not that far, is it, you know, from the jetty to the float? It's only from what I saw Thirty meters, forty meters, or something. Yeah, like yeah that. not far at all. Um, which is ideal um, because we, when we built the flight, we actually built it at the jetty that was there. So yeah. council were great; they let us actually spend a year building the boat on the end of the jetty. So wow. um, then we were able to push it away to where it's moored down the arm now, and um, it's not too far. But it just gives that sense of um, serenity. Um, yeah. You don't feel like you're. Uh, in the middle of nowhere. So that works yeah. uh, pretty well, yeah. So basically it's run by volunteers other than a couple that have paid a small amount to keep it running. Yeah, very small. Um, I suppose you've probably seen in the things I talk about, social enterprise is yeah. my passion. I would like to think we're working our way towards being um, more viable. Mm. But to operate on realistic wages that the rest of the world expects is impossible. You know, like um, we like being able to find people who are so passionate about what we do that they'll give a certain amount of time. But whenever we get a grant or are able to allocate some money to the the hard work um, yeah. and certainly, you know, insurance and all those kind of things yeah. we need to have uh, money for. But, you know, I reckon there's a lot of things in life where it's nice to be able to give the artist something as a gift, you know, that yeah. they, they're not having to pay too much for and feel so special because, you know, even often with their own exhibitions, they, they pay to exhibit their work or whatever, whereas actually I think we need to flip the way we think yeah. about artists, <laughs> that they get paid for producing the work. Um, and so, yeah, we're lucky to have a team who can do that, but I hope we're moving towards something that's a little more financially viable for yeah. the longer term, for the next generation that actually do need to, to earn reasonable money for the work that they do. Yeah, and artists should earn money for the work they do. They 
you know. Yeah. I think that there's a there's a misconception, isn't there? Because I, I sang for many years until my thyroid went, and it's um, it it the the, the people that expect you to do it for nothing, yeah, but it's just a gift, you know. So just do it for nothing, and it's like. Yeah, but it's a it's actually a skill. It's not even art, any form of art is a skill. It's not yes, you can say to a degree that it's a talent, you know, you're just born with a God-given talent, but God-given talents need to be nurtured and um you know, practiced and the skills built and to become better and better and better. And 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 if you're doing that in any other job, you know, yep. you get you get um rewarded for that, but for some reason a lot of the arts is kind of like, well, it's not really a job, but it it bloody is really a job, and it's a, and and imagine the world without all these art forms. Like, and I think, is it- yeah, that's I guess that's my mission in life, actually, and that I because I'm not an artist, and I will say I'm either an economist or an uneconomist because I, I don't necessarily fit with traditional economic principles, um, but I my aim is to flip that so that um yeah. the arts are recognized as a major major contributed contributor to um our life our um our health our community yeah. um but somehow it keeps falling off the the radar and not being yeah. paid so um this year i i'm really wrapped to be on the economic development advisory committee for council here in east Gippsland. Yeah. um and i know that's thanks to some key people uh, in council lobbying for the arts to be valued. Um, so, yeah, we kind of have a voice now. You know, we can actually say um, this isn't just an optional extra and you probably realise one of the projects I've been working on lately is the East Gippsland Winter Festival yep. um, and I'm wrapped to be there and everyone can understand the economic value of the East Gippsland Winter yep. Festival. Yep. Uh, we had... Um, in Lakes Entrance, 6,000 people come for the Lantern Parade this year, you know, and I know that means probably about a million dollars into the town for one night of a month-long festival, you know, that we do as volunteers. (laughs) So um, I guess we're in a really good place to be able to say, you know, you want more people staying in your motels, you want more people in your restaurants uh, and a a sense of joy in, in the community. You're going to have to start thinking about how to pay these people, and it's not to pay me, but yeah. kind of the generation that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was fantastic. We were there that day that everyone was setting up, and we had the dogs, and we had to get back. And so we left the town. We left Lake Entrance at about four o'clock, and we were cursing. We we're like, "Oh, damn it! Why do why do we know about this? You know, we should have stayed at night." But um, but it looked it looked fabulous. Then I saw tons of photos of it, and it looked incredible and I agree you know it, it could be as simple as, oh well, let's not tell people how to run their business but even if everybody just added a little bit to it you know it, it could be so yeah. um, I'm curious about the 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 float it what what sort of feedback do you get from artists that stay there for the week or two weeks what 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 do they say to you about that space and how it changed their art or or their capacity to produce? Oh, they just love it. There's just, uh, I don't know if they'd admit if if it didn't, if they didn't. <laughs> but, um, certainly um, every bit of feedback we've had um, is just 
overwhelming love mm. of the experience and Josephine Jacoby is a very special artist as well. So they do love meeting her as part of that induction process. Mm. Um, I imagine there's some uh, degree of discomfort. It's quite luxurious. It, it is a beautiful space. Uh, you know, it's got a kitchen, mm. got the workspace, the double bed, the you know, the whole thing. Um, but, you know, there is a degree of um, having to bring your own food on and, and be yeah. able to survive on that. So um, th- I'm sure there's some, oh, this is a bit harder than I thought, mm. but the love of the place and the experience and the the nature that they're surrounded by, kayaking, you know, just lowering their boat into the lake and then paddling up the arm mm. around the corner. They can paddle down to the Lake Tires Beach Tavern as well if they want to go the whole way. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's, it's just a, a bit like a the only thing like it in the world in some ways. You know, it's mm. one of those really um, bucket list kind of experiences, I think. And and I, I think the process does mean we get the right people. They, yeah. We tell them what to expect and they come wanting to love the nature uh, around them so yeah um there's also some limitations on what artwork what kind of artwork they can do on board so they can't have anything where paint has to be washed out of their brushes yeah. down the, the drain yeah. or anything like that yeah. but you know they can work off-site and things so everyone's pretty well accommodated yeah and the internet is connected out there as well no uh, we don't actually supply it but everybody's phone's Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Which they never used to when we were building it. There was actually no coverage in that spot. Yeah. But now um, everyone just just runs off their own phone, yeah. Yeah, not that you not that you wanted. I'm imagining going out there with a, a an, an art idea, you know, in your mind. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to create my whatever that, whatever that looks like, sculpture or painting or book or whatever. And then sitting out there in solitude, do you know, and even at night, and I'm not saying being scared, but just the, the the sparseness, you know, of the solitude and how much inward reflection that would generate, Do you know, and I I can't help but wonder if, if it were me that I would go out there with one thing in mind and all of that reflection would generate something either quite different or at least a bit different, you know, because I've, I've had that been away from all distractions did us time to is that do you think that happens oh i'm sure we really should be more diligent in collecting people artists reflections you know like it's yeah. um something that we haven't uh done that well there's a little bit of a gallery on our website that we've managed to get photos of you know a lot of the people that have stayed there um but yeah we, we should um ask more but they just you know they give little glowing reviews in the book and say how much they love it and I think the the great thing is that we've ended up with an alumni of people that are um, seeing something so unique and so different and they recommend it to their friends and word of mouth so um, I think that's really important and, and I think, as, as you read on um, LinkedIn the other day, what it created was the opportunity to to start this feral MBA. Mm. Um, and, and what 
what I first called it when I realised that artists were coming and people were gathering around and sharing knowledge, I, I, I labelled it a community because I think we're like this little epicentre of shared knowledge. Mm. I think there's really value in that concept because we don't really have we don't have an arts department anymore. We don't have art uh, courses at the TAFE, um, but we have something like a modern version of that that's not bogged down in all the management and all the KPIs and all the other things that TAFE seem to have created around themselves. It's yeah. pure um, artistic uh, sharing. Yeah. And that was the kind of what we called the community. And then someone came along with this idea for the Feral MBA and that's what we piloted last year. And it was just this um, perfect little hub of thoughtfulness around uh, the the crisis that we're in uh, mm. with climate change and, and environmental issues and the bushfires that had come and yeah. we're all having to rethink how we do business, how government expects us to do business and who's doing the really valuable things in communities. So, you know, um, I would say that what we do is is really valuable. Um, mm. But we need to com- convince policymakers uh and yeah um that that it is valuable mm-hmm. combined with social enterprise so we can generate money so the feral mba was kind of interesting because we did charge for that we charged a- around six hundred dollars per person yeah. which was kind of a nice budget for quite a a compact mm-hmm. uh coherent program that um could pay the people who did the work there was still a lot of volunteer stuff involved, yeah. but the outcomes just go on and on. And the alumni who graduated from that Feral MBA, they're just converted. And, wow. and they're really an amazing, eclectic, I shouldn't say eclectic, that sounds a bit uh, woo-woo. Um, I think it sounds nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so they're people, they're managers, they're bakers, they're yeah. artists, they're philosophers or not even philosophers they're accountants they're all sorts of people who are looking for a different economy and that's been so valuable for me to say that's why I didn't enjoy economics back Mm. in the 70s at Melbourne Uni because this is what economics is more about and actually um, providing answers um, to all the dilemmas that we face. So, um, so yeah, we've just relaunched the Feral MBA for next year. So that's kind of exciting that it's yeah. getting that traction of um, financial sustainability to be able to keep offering it and to be that destination that yeah. we want Alexander to be. This is where you come to meet cool people talking about cool things, doing cool things. It's it's really changing its stripes, I think. And real things, like not just not just bureaucracy at its best, you know, it's actually... It's actually addressing real issues and and coming up with real solutions for real people and not just imaginary people. I'm I'm probably just going to go banging banging on about politicians, but the people that are on their books or on their papers are not are not real. It's not a real life, you know. So what you're doing, what you're offering, is bloody fantastic. So that starts. The next one starts in February next year, and is it still a six hundred dollar fee for that for that? Uh, it's actually seven hundred and seventy five. We yep. wanted to pay all the staff this year. Last year I did it as a volunteer. Yep. Um, but I had some uh, extra funding from Regional Arts Victoria. They have actually funded us for three years with our, yep. um, our business plan around arts residencies. 
So I I didn't need to be paid out of those fees. But I guess this year we're moving more towards total um, covering of costs, Um, mixed in with a little bit of generosity because even last year, and we'll do it this year, some people offered um, accommodation um, or studio spaces that they could um, make available. So we still rely on that. You know, I think there's still a place for goodwill and and loving sponsors in the community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting a little bit more realistic. Yeah. No, no, I think that's fair. I think seven seventy five for um a a program like that is is bloody cheap, to be honest. And why shouldn't those investing their time be paid? Why shouldn't they? You know, I think I think that's fantastic. Where? What? I'm, how long does it go for? Uh, it's actually five weeks. Yeah. But you only come here for the first weekend and the last weekend. Yeah. So, um, and some people live locally, so we mm. can still meet and talk. And I'm expecting Float will run a program in the middle of it. So that's what we did last year as well. We had a regenerative tourism mm. workshop with um, Diane Dredge, who I think of as the kind of world guru of um, yeah. regenerative yeah. tourism. I'm just a big, such a big fan. So she'll probably come and do a few things in between time. Um, but what we discovered is you really only need to commit to the first and last weekends. Everything else gets done through group sessions, either online or in meeting face-to-face in different places. And then um, Kate Rich, who is the um, convener of all of this, she does her one-on-one mentoring. Um, And I, I I just can't believe how good the feedback was, you know, it, um, it, it still blows my mind. The, how much everyone got out of it. And I will say there, there was a, a local uh, woman who sponsored three of those positions last year, and I won't name her just because I didn't check that I should, but um, that gave us such a kickstart to have that belief um, that as soon as she read the blurb, she knew she wanted to make sure that locals who couldn't normally afford it mm. were there in person, and they were. We had three great people come from the local region and um, just they made such a difference because for people who came from around the rest of Australia, met locals who were so articulate around regenerative economics, around sustainability, around environment. So it it really, um, yeah, was a great celebration of all the things I think about Mm. I love that. Well, where can people find information about that? Because it's I'm sure there's people listening going, oh, that sounds fantastic. Like, like where where would you find that information and, and a blurb or something like that? Yeah, so I have put it up on the Float website now, so float3909.com. It's under the tab of Feral MBA, and it is there. And it it's a fairly simple description, but it worked last year with no history <laughs> and yeah. this year. We've got all these kind of rave reviews. And I will say we are only going to have 20 people and I imagine it will be quite competitively applied for this year because of yep. the word of mouth around it. But that's just good for us because I think yep. it mean, gives us the confidence to pursue this future for the region mm. and the more the better, I say. 
I think that's bloody fantastic. You've got a lot of, um, I don't want to miss out on all the other F, F words that you've got going on up there, and I'll, I'll let me read them out. Um, and Art Trails dotted with wild and backyard fruit, so that's called F, F Fruit. Um, a thriving maker collective in Bensdale called Foundry, an annual breakfast for 200 folk full of Johnsonville peaches, which sounds bloody delicious, uh, Fruitville. Um an artist-made travel bureau at Docklands called Fruitland, a floating art studio, which is a float. We talked about that. Um, next up, you're talking about Float Air, which is a trail of arts residencies in underused spaces. Tell us about that. Well, I mean, they're all interesting. Tell us about whatever you want, but, you know, what, oh, what's this? Well, the first ones you mentioned really kind of explain the, the history of where we are. So Fruit was one of our first projects because girl from Coburg discovered that everyone had fruit trees and knew how to make great <laughs> bottled fruit out of it. So that became an artwork of socially engaged art I discovered. And, and meeting a, an artist from Mona who told me that was what we were doing yeah. made such a difference to our status in the art world that people yeah. you know, um, could understand the importance importance of it. So that was the whole journey of Fruitville. It was an event that ran for nine years. Um came to stalled um because of the pandemic we had to stop yes. i reckon it'll probably come back again because it, it was such a great uh, yeah. event um, built on that um so the other interesting one uh, that i'll just touch on was yeah. land at docklands so yeah. i became very interested in marcus westbury's model of renew newcastle which uh, a lot of people had heard about because he transformed he and his team turned a dying steel town into mm. the lonely planet number one creative destination by embedding artists in under, uh, empty shops, you know, that yeah, was yeah. model there. And then he came and did the similar thing at Docklands. So we were able to get a, a space at Docklands and we delivered our, what we called at the time was um, artist-led travel bureau. Yeah, uh, It was never financially successful, but it was the most amazing exploration of, um, being able to show people in person what we were doing in um, East Kids mm. Science. So, um, and just the network that you become part of when you do those stupid things, you know, and dedicate a year to <laughs> basing yourself in Docklands at the city. And those those relationships just go on and on and on, you know. So yeah. I feel like we're part of an amazing network of people who get what, what we're doing. Yeah. But the flat air is really important. Um that's what we got the three years of funding from Regional Arts Victoria for because we pitched to East Gippsland Council that artists in residence uh, have a, a genuine economic impact. So I, I did present several times to the Economic Development Advisory Board back then that it was important and would they help fund um, a residency network. Yeah. Eventually they did. I had to pitch three times, but eventually I got it and and someone wrote the business plan that said, yep, if if you have 10 artists here for so many weeks, you'll inject, you know, so yeah. many hundreds of thousands of dollars into the economy. Yeah. That was the business plan that I attached to the Regional Arts Victoria grant application, yeah. uh, which then got us three years of funding to try wow. to get from there to here. Yeah. Um, uh, when I say three years, kind of modest, like 40000 a year, not not huge full-time wages for everyone, but certainly enough to have enough money to yeah. pay for the things we needed to do to, to do that. So 
since then, since we got that, that's what we've been working on. How do we actually create a brand? How do we say we've got a destination? What's our, um, um, uh, there's a word for it. I can't think what it is. Um, no, that's gone. Um, <laughs> kind of just producing those documents that um, councils and funding bodies need to see that yeah. we've got a legitimate business plan. Um, so that's what we've been working on. And we've just um, appointed Andrew Keast, uh, who a lot of people know because he's part of the Wayfarer um, cooperative business, which yeah. a, lot of, a lot of us love because it's a bit of an alternative to uh, Airbnb. Yep. where profits are reinvested back into local communities. So we were always on the same wavelength from that point of view. Um, but what he brought with the skills that I don't have, which is doing the business plan, doing the contracts, reading the insurance yep. documentation to make sure that we could offer spaces right across East Gips far East Gippsland, I suppose, that utilised underused places that I know people are willing to offer us because... Mm. They've seen us do this for the last 15 years. They know what we're trying to do. They trust us. And all we need is to kind of package up the offering, uh, the message, and a, a legal document that says, you know, yes, you can stay there for two weeks at X amount of dollars. Yeah. So we're um, kind of on the verge of just putting that into shape. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll announce it um, by the end of this year. And have um, call for applications, and uh, we'll always be looking for people who have spaces that mm. would fit the bill. And I know just in my own network of friends, yeah. <laughs> there are people who have houses that are empty some of the time, or fishing cabins on an island, uh, you know, over in Lake Entrance that I know um, we could use if they offered it to us for a couple of weeks, um, wow. and wow. we can kind of turn that into either a, a gift to the, the artist who uses it or an income stream for our operation. So that's kind of what we're working out now. So, yeah. Wow. I mm. love that. And will, will, will people be able to say if there's a, an unused shop, you know, or shop front or that sort of stuff, are you hoping that people will sort of off the street wander in and observe the artist or you haven't thought that far ahead? Because that would be quite interesting. Yeah, look, we haven't targeted um, shops because I've always felt that Renew Newcastle was in a unique yeah. position to do that with a team of cu contemporary curating artists drawing on uh, a, an arts community that had a university in it. So yeah. what they were able to do was kind of offer something to recently graduated artists full of excitement yeah. And I just don't think we have that here yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've been more interested in offering space like Float for yeah. artists to come and make their work and then perhaps have exhibitions or run workshops or, you know, other things. But yeah. keeping yeah. a shop open seemed a bit of a tall order for yeah. what can be a bit of a sleepy town historically. Um, so, so, yeah, but hopefully we'll get to that point. Yeah, well, you never know, do you? And and Newcastle, I love that story. I I saw a picture of it the other day from an, an aerial shot, you know, and and how much how much greenery they've got there now, do you know? And the, and it, it 
I think I think I read, and I don't hold me don't hold me to this. I think I read that there wasn't one tree in the place, and now they've got these um, beautiful green green spaces all through the city. I I know it's not exactly the same as what you're talking about, but but kudos to a town that is actually going. Let's do things different. You know, let's let's not. Let's yeah. not sit here and wait for someone else to call us a, a desolate town that does nothing. Let, let's actually do something else, which is which is what you're doing. Different, but it's still that same. What have we got here that, that we can um, run ourselves, you know, and, and take some initiative on instead of waiting for someone else to say, give us permission? I think that's it exactly. And I, I, I like to say that we're not whingers, you know, we're not sitting yeah. back saying someone solve our problem we've always found our own solutions and like you say I think every every solution needs to be unique to that place Mm. you know so Newcastle fitted exactly what they had to offer I hope in Lakes Mm. Entrance you know it's a beautiful town building built on a fishing industry um so you know I love to honor those traditional skills and and the history of those the the boats are are beautiful but you know it's from a, a uh, well, not completely a, a gone era, but um, we've got to work together with the traditional industries to mm-hmm. add a bit of the spark that makes the place that it is. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what artists do so well, and that to me is what creates a destination. If you don't have artists there, I don't see it much of a destination. So, yeah. Mm. I love all this. Um, You've also got Regen Gippsland. Tell us about that. Mm. You've got so many projects going. I don't know how you bloody keep up with them all, but anyway, but <laughs> it's fantastic. It was part of the conversation this morning. It was really saying I have this kind of, I've been told I'm a systems thinker, that this was the big revelation to me now. I actually understand what that means uh, and it's true, you know, and it's not that I have to be across every detail of every idea that I put out there. I can put out a a yeah. bubble and say, well, here we all are. We can help you if you have an idea. And mm. as long as it's aligned with our philosophy of generosity and kindness and social justice mm. and all those kind of things, then we're here to support those, those ideas. Um, and, and about uh, 15 years ago, I suppose, Creative Victoria said to me, Andrea, you're not going to be able to keep getting funding for every idea you have. You've got to explore this social enterprise. So that's what we did and we went to the social traders and we did the crunch program and learned the principles of social enterprise and I've been on that boat ever since that um, not hugely successfully, you know, like I'm not I'm not a very money-driven person so I, I do find it a little hard to be hard-assed about the social enterprise. But what I was wrapped about was when that seemed to evolve into regenerative um, economics mm. Uh and suddenly I've been surrounded by people who think just like me <laughs> and really driven by social enterprise but embrace the creative industries, mm. highly value the environmental issues uh, and all those other things that I've just mentioned. So um, I went to the um, Clean Energy Conference in Sale last year. You, you might have been there too. And and I, get a, I got a bit concerned that... I wasn't hearing much about East Gippsland and it was a narrow subject of um, just the energy side of things. Mm. And I think if we don't change the way we uh, all live and and Mm. relate to each other, then uh, we're not making progress. So 
that same day that I came home from the energy conference, someone sent me the Regen Gippsland idea. Yeah. And we've been on that boat ever since just saying, here's a, a broader picture of what we all seem to bring a different skill to and mm. a different network, but they're all so aligned that we're, we're all very happy in thinking it's uh, a really good positive solution mm. to, to what the world needs right now. Ah, well, you're talking to the converted. Um, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I, I think there's 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 a so so basically let me just understand it. it's it's just a not just a it is it is putting ideas together to find solutions to regenerate Gippsland, but include making sure that it's um not specifically, but it includes the holistic picture, you know, like the environment and the people and, and all of that. Have I got that right? I, yeah, look, I think that's exactly right. And um, there there are different um, models of this emerging all over the world and mm-hmm. we're following a little bit what Regen Melbourne, who are yeah. a bit at the forefront of um, describing this in policy terms and winning over governments and things. Yeah. So we're quite new for Regen Gippsland, but we are right across Gippsland. So we go from, um, I'll be down in Dumbok next week, um, uh, to Malakuta. We're all um, wanting to connect, but knowing that we all have slightly different strengths. So down in the valley, it might be that energy is the focus and, that, and that's the, yeah. the industry that needs most creative thinking around that. Um, timber industries are obviously a big issue out here and how can we be more creative Um yeah in finding the kind of industries that do embrace the knowledge that the timber mm. sector has, yeah. um, but maybe it's in tourism, maybe it's in trail development or or, or something creative. Yeah. Um, so out here in East Gippsland, yeah, Regen Tourism is my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we're about to have three forums across the region and, the, yeah, our one is on September 11th. Here at Lakes Entrance at yeah. Iceworks, which is the art space that my husband and I built and yeah. provide to the community. What's it called? Iceworks. Mm. Iceworks, fantastic. I'm going to yeah. look that. An old Iceworks factory. So it was a fishing. Um, yeah. Iceworks, uh, and we bought it a few years ago, and we make it available as an art space uh, for the community. So that's where mm. our region. A bit like, you know, all the butter factories and things that are around, you know, they're just yeah, such yeah. golden opportunities to be creative yeah. hubs that don't price themselves out of use by the community. It does concern mm-hmm. me when people want commercial rents and a booking system that precludes spontaneous exhibitions and all those kind of things. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what we're doing with Lakes Entrance. Well, I wish I had known about that last week because I was in Lakes Entrance for three days, three nights, writing, working, working on my book and working on my own work, and I locked myself in a room for three days. But had I known that, I would have popped in and visit you. So I thought you were out at Lake Times, and anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I think it sounds absolutely bloody fantastic. You've got, like you're saying, energy in Latrobe and then tourism in, you know, Lakes Entrance End and um, uh, yeah, different um, priorities, you know, in different areas that, that suits more their area. How are you going to, how are you going to um, decide what gets the, you know, you like uh, who gets priority at what stage and how, how are you going to run that or you just or you don't know yet until it comes up? 
Yeah, look, I don't think we have to prioritise things and I suppose that's been how I've worked mm. for as long as I've been here. You put an idea out and and the energy gathers around the one that's ripe for development. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And I'm really lucky because the rest of the Regen team are so nice to me. You know, they always say, you know, what you're doing up in East Gippsland is fantastic. That's kind of leading the way because, we, as you said, we actually have stuff that's visible on the ground doing things. We're not just talking about it. We're not just philosophising. We're actually making those things happen. Um, and I think we're at the front of the pack a bit in mm. that way. Um, but the others are not far behind. You know, they're, they're working on their plans, gathering their teams. Yeah. Um, there's... Uh, a lot of um, different projects, the more we talk, the more we see how connected we already are, but nobody's pulled us all together until now. Um, oh. so I think just that extra momentum of knowing yep. that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. If you launch this, we'll come and be part of it, those kind of things. So I think that's oh. really gathering momentum. Yeah, I get it now. So it's all it's all diff- little little different subgroups and and uh, that are all doing their thing to regenerate Gippsland, and then we're then trying to get to come together. Do you know what I love that you said uh, that the energy gathers where it's ripe. Ah, oh, that that is so like you. That is profound, and I know it's probably it's probably just words, you know, but it, it's there's so many times that things are going on and should I do this or that? And when I talked about prioritising, you know, like we all do it in our own lives. What should I prioritise? You know, what? oh, God, I've got three things. I don't know what to start on and all that. What you just said about the energy gathering where it's ripe, wow, wow. I don't know if that's going to impact anyone else, but for me that just hit that just hit a chord. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Anyway, just thought I'd tell you that. I think it takes patience <laughs> and I think it does take a very long view. So, you know, yeah. it's not about benefiting me personally. It's not about yeah. it and re- being realised in my time. You know, yeah. it's just saying we need to head towards these outcomes yeah. and we'll do our bit along the way. Um, so, you know, we've started um, an on-foot program recently. It was part of the Winter Festival. Uh, I love to walk. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge nature nerd, but yeah. I love being out in it, but I don't recognize different things the first winter festival i had two on foot events you know and and they were quite small and we were lucky scooper pete led them and did a guided tour of it this winter festival uh halenka king did the same thing up in swifts creek she had three on foot walks yeah and all sold out you know so i guess what we're happy doing is something that we can be incremental about it we can experiment with it do a small booking fee and then take more photos, share yeah. more stories, and then yeah. people want to come back and do it the next year. So just really not being impatient, just yeah. knowing that the right people will come and do the things that are good for all yeah. of us. Yeah. Um, and so this year we also had some great walks in Orbost, in Can River. Um, just met with the girl today who's going to do, you know, the Far East as well. So um, And they're young and they're mm-hmm. bringing their young children with them yeah and what I loved on the weekend was that um Clara brought her son Bo along with his garbage bag he he chose <laughs> the garbage bag with him and he collected rubbish oh 
And it's just like, well, of course, you know, we all have to bring our bags when we do these walks, you know. And for me, that's how everything kind of evolves, that Mm. being open to other people's ideas, yeah. And it's very organic, which lends itself very well to the ripening conversation. But I, I love I love that bit about um, taking your time and letting it evolve and you may never see it. And that's one of my philosophies is that, you know, I'm always going to plant the shade, plant the tree of the shade that I'll never get to sit under, you know, and I think that that is, that's what's needed, you know, for this planet to survive and it's what's needed for future generations. And we can say, well, it doesn't worry me, I'll be dead by then. But you know what, That that's uh, where we're not, we're not solo isolated beings, you know, on this planet. We're all interconnected, you know, we're all together. And if we don't take care of each other, you know, and take care of what we can't yet see, we're, we're not going to have any hope, you know, and it's such, a, it's such an important thing. So everything you're saying is just, you, you're just you you're just making all these little sparkles in my heart. It's absolutely beautiful. I just... <laughs> Oh, I love you to bits. I just love what you're about. I love what you're doing. And I just, I don't know. I know I know. people listening to this will be like, oh, my God, there's good people in the world. This is so nice. So mm-hmm. so thank you. Now, when people want to just um, find out more, you mentioned the, the website, which is, um, and I also want to, I wrote this down, so I want to say this. I love you. You mentioned in there about generosity, kindness, and social justice, social enterprise, that kind of stuff. And they're just such powerful keywords I, I i love it now back to what i was saying um you've got the website uh, float 309 3909 so it's the postcode oh, sorry yeah. float 3909 um com. which is which is a lakes entrance postcode.com yeah. so th- i'll say it again because I, I just kept screwing that up float 3909.com is the website do you have um an instagram and facebook as well so people can Start yep. following you. Yeah. Yep. They're all similar to that. Yeah. Float 399. might be in a different spot in some of them, but yeah, Instagram and uh, Facebook are all roughly float 3909. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, I hope people do go and check it out and start following you and, and start, um, I don't know, giving their energy to you in whatever way is the most beneficial to, you know, to to join forces with you and that sort of stuff. And 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 as you and I would agree, people don't have to come to you, you know, exactly as in in person, but just start start adopting some of these philosophies and just start making a better world. And that energy spreads to build everybody. You know, it's it's beautiful. I think so too. Mm. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I've absolutely loved this conversation. And see, it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be, was it? I think I waffled on too much, but anyway, sorry. You I, did not. A little bit, but. Um, no, you I'm didn't. Happy. No, you didn't at all. Um, that I think sometimes when we say the same thing over, you know, when we tell the story, our story over, we kind of think, oh, God, I've heard this a million times. But but myself and my listeners haven't heard all this a million times, do you know? And what what you've shared is absolutely absolutely key and brilliant. So I'm I'm so I'm so grateful for you coming on and sharing all that with us. And I really hope that people um, think about living in regions like this. You know, I think it's really easy to imagine that coming out here is boring. But I have to say, I have the best life, <laughs> and yeah. I kind of make that life, you know, so I, I just really encourage anyone to think about 
um, yeah, all the things we've talked about because it's important. Yeah. There's a huge richness in rural areas that is not, it's not about money. It's not about, as you said, multicultural cafes, which are beautiful, you know, but it's it's um not, not the end of the world and the richness in um uh, appreciating the things that are uh, things and the people that are around you that deeply are what can I say you know nature's already perfect and but people who care about that sort of stuff it's it's quite a richness to be surrounded by that so and you can kind of live more simply I suppose that's yeah. what I discovered I, I didn't need the corporate wage because I just didn't have to go shopping all the time and that we could walk <laughs> and do, you know, frugal kind of things and share food and conversation and you get off that treadmill of, you know, I really would like to rescue anyone from a nine-to-five job mm. towards their end of life, you know, like just, yeah. Um, um, yeah, enjoy it more and give back more. Yeah, absolutely. That's the key. Well, thank you very, very much for joining us. Absolutely loved it. And I will get up there. I I know I will and I can't wait. So thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) See ya. Oh, how fantastic is what Andrea is doing. Andrea and her team, because she would not like me just saying that she's doing it all on her own. We need more people that are doing this this kind of stuff. And we need people who are invested in really deeply in the people in communities and bringing their knowledge and bringing their expertise to the forefront. I love the art. I love that, as Andrea says, art is so um, overlooked and it shouldn't be. In fact, I heard once that, and I think this is so true, that even when there's a, an extreme recession, the first thing that we're going to save money for is entertainment, which is a form of arts. And I think that we we can say things like, oh, you're going to, you need to do arts, get a real degree and all that kind of stuff. But every single one of us has got art around our house in some de- to some degree, and we all appreciate it. So I, I love what she's doing. I love the um, idea of the float air, you know, using underutilised spaces and putting artists in them. I love the sound of the float. I just reckon what a cathartic moment that would be to go out and do some art on that houseboat. And I don't know, I, I really do think if it was me, I'd come out with a whole completely different idea of what I went in for. Um, Take a look at their website, float3909.com, and see if you can get involved in any way or see if you can support it in any way. And the least you can do is go to Facebook and Instagram and start following their pages and just keeping an eye on them. Um, If you wanted to apply for the Feral MBA, that sounds fantastic as well. And that's on the website. Regen Gippsland. Um, if you live in Gippsland and you've got an idea for uh, regenerating the, the the Gippsland in any way, um, maybe that's something that you want to look at so that you can be part of the bigger picture as well. So, I love Andrea. Love her heart. I love her talking about generosity, kindness, planting the tree of the shade that you'll never get to sit under, and all of those great things. So, I really hope you love this, and I really hope it's inspired you to say, you know what, we're not going to sit around and wait for the government to tell us what to do. We're actually going to start doing things ourselves and making change. And I can't help but leave you with that thing she said about energy will follow where it's ripe. Ah. 
I love that so much. Anyway, hope you absolutely love that. Thanks for joining me again this week. Go follow Andrea and all the good that she's doing. And I'll see you again next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com. Tick around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.